In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Amen. Christ is in our midst. Hosanna. 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 Blessed is you who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna. Hosanna. Amen. We pray that the Lord saves us. <laughs> That's what that means. We pray thee save. And we're crying out to God today to save us. That's our prayer while we're on this side of eternity. While we're here on this earth. Our prayer for ourselves and others that the Lord would accomplish his salvation. Which he came to do. That he would break through the stony hearts of men and make them into hearts of flesh again. It seems impossible, but we know, we've heard, and we believe that with God all things are possible. If you came here expecting an Easter service today, I'm sorry about that. (laughs) This is our Palm Sunday, so if you thought, I'm going to try that church down the road. Well, you have a, a very, very special double blessing if you visited us expecting Western Easter because you arrived on the day of Palm Sunday and then you get to have an invitation to spend Holy Week with us. And then next Sunday is our Pascha, which is known as Easter in the West, Christ's resurrection. We have our ways of waking up those who are tired in the morning, as you can tell with our singing. If the neighbors were sleeping in this morning, they're not sleeping anymore. We're celebrating the triumph of our beautiful Savior's manifestation of love. And we do that without inhibition. We do that with joy and with a humble sense of triumph. Yesterday, we celebrated what's called Lazarus Saturday. And we were confronted with the reality of death. And it's tragedy that was revealed in the experience of Lazarus' departure from the earthly life. And then Jesus going there. And Mary and Martha expressing their deep faith in Jesus and crying out to him and running and bowing down at his feet and even saying so faithfully, not cynically. We know that if you had been here, our brother would not have died. But I know that whatever you ask your father in heaven, he will give you. They didn't even ask him to raise Lazarus from the dead. But they said, we we know that whatever you ask the Lord, he will give you. What great faith and humility with which they approached the Savior. And of course, Jesus, the God-man upon whom death has no claim, This is something we're going to come to a deeper understanding of this week. Even weeps at the departure of his creation from this earthly life. He sheds physical tears because of the tragedy of death that men had succumbed to out of his great love for mankind. The humanity of Jesus is revealed. It's not just play acting, but God in the flesh weeps for the tragedy of the fallenness of the people whom he loves. And then in the first of two visible triumphs in his ministry, Lazarus is raised from the dead. An act in itself that is a kind of theophany, a revelation of Christ 
as God. In this case, a public act that revealed that Jesus is the God-man and the Lord of life. The Lord of the living and the dead. Had they not read and had they not known the manner in which the one they so anticipated would come into their midst? In this miraculous experience, you would think that it would inspire belief, but the jealous ones, as we heard today, today's gospel reading, they then vowed to put Lazarus to death because so many were starting to follow Christ on account of the miracle that Jesus performed. And then today, in the triumphal entry of Christ into Jerusalem, We experience the fulfillment of what was prophesied by Zechariah. Behold, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on an ass, and on a colt, the full of an ass. Our king is humble. Today, again, is a day in which we emphasize the humble triumph of God, the triumph of humble love. Consider his life from the very beginning. The life of this king, a lowly birth in a manger, met only by a few people, and he was essentially anonymous for 30 years. Of course, we would consider this a strange way for a king to enter the world. Usually, they put a crown on his head right when he comes out of the womb and bow at his feet. But this isn't how the king of kings and the lord of lords enters the world. And acts. Perhaps the world is in some way worthy of triumph and glory, of showmanship and adulation, pomp and of circumstance. But is the world worthy of such humility and humble love? And actually, when Christ appeared into the world, as you know, it caused great agitation and turmoil. People could not bear the appearance of God among them. Humanity was so wounded by sins that even the most humble presence of Christ caused very deep pain. Just as a wound, when we come close to it and touch it, even for therapeutic reasons. Anyone who's changed their child's, or put a band-aid on their child's wound knows this experience. They know you're trying to help them, but also they're trying to resist the experience of pain. The whole of mankind was one great wound. Because of this, Christ presents himself very humble and does not wish to give great occasion for people's madness and pain. And this is why Christ is always manifested hiddenly and hidden manifestly, you could say. Only those who are spiritual and who have a sensitive heart can recognize him. Children have sensitive hearts. That's why we hear in today's gospel reading about the children coming out to greet Christ. They weren't afraid of what people thought. That's why we should unabashedly cry out in response, Hosanna! Hosanna. Yeah, like the children crying out. Not to be, make a scene or not to, but with faith and with joy and with love. At greeting Christ, who's coming into our midst. 
And while I see the triumphal entry of the Lord into Jerusalem as a fulfillment of prophecy and prophetic in itself, I also see it as a kind of concession to people who are so blind to the reality of of love as humility, leadership as self-sacrifice, kingship as servanthood. He gave us a moment to feel good about ourselves, that we might not be drawn to despair in the days to come if he had not risen Lazarus from the dead and entered into the holy city with triumph. And yet, confidence will soon be shattered. Even those who vowed to travel to Jerusalem with the Lord that they might die with him will see them scatter like shards of glass from a fragile vessel. Throughout this course of Holy Week, when Christ is being led to the cross and pummeled and shamed, we sometimes find ourselves wondering, will this ever end? Will he really triumph over death? Will it really happen? And now we know the result, the risk that comes from claiming him as Lord or King. He leads us with himself right through hell, mainly through the hell of our own ego and our own fear. And you see through not around. You see through, cut straight through the hell that you experience, not around it. He was the only one capable of taking humanity and uniting it to divinity, suffering the consequences of the human predicament and triumphing, overcoming the greatest illness. That of individualism, the myth of autonomy, the pride that has turned brothers against one another the kind that causes us to think that violence is power and that it is effective. It is in some way, but not ultimately. Which causes man to so corrupt his freedom as to use it to destroy rather than to build up and to love. St. Apophanios of Cyprus says that Christ did not have a scepter and trumpets, but he was manifested by utmost poverty. He was not born on guns, shields, and spears the way that an honored earthly ruler at the time would have been. But he was manifested by extreme poverty. He did not have armed men, shields, emblems inlaid with gold, helmet and breastplate, but extreme meekness, measureless innocence, and moderation beyond measure. Christ's humility is not an artificial outward virtue, but an expression of his love and simplicity. He who is simple by nature, but also loves, is humble at the same time. Therefore, Christ's humility, combined with his simplicity and love, is in reality his uncreated energy. It is his grace revealed to us, which comes from the simple nature of the divinity. Therefore, when saints were granted to see Christ in his glory, they were captivated by his love. And humility. Christ is meek and lowly in heart, as he himself declared. End of quote. We say that we believe, we stand with the crowd and we cry out, Hosanna! Hosanna! Waving palms and branches, the sign of victory, we celebrate a victory, yet the means of victory still leaves us perplexed. I'm quite convinced of this. Otherwise, we'd be changed. You see, we love the paradoxical reality of God's love. We love the word paradox. 
the inverted pyramid, the radical humility, as if we see the whole picture and truly understand. And we look at, at his humility even with a sense of pride. Oh, the density of the apostles to have scattered like sheep without a shepherd. But had I been among them, it's likely that I would have scattered as well. In fact, how quick I am to ignore and to die my Savior this, for the sake of convenience. Let alone as one standing before the hand of those who would gladly oblige to crucify me with him. I'll give him up for a little bit of comfort. It doesn't even take a threat most of the time. Something profound, something so powerful, something of the Lord's generosity is taking place today. We were emboldened by the raising of Lazarus and the baptisms we had yesterday. I hope you were emboldened by those baptisms. I hope that you saw with each and every one who went down into the font yourself going down into the baptismal font again and coming back to life because in truth, Every time someone is regenerated by the grace of the Holy Spirit, I'm regenerated as well. And you are regenerated as well. Because we don't see ourselves as separate from others. There is no such thing as individual salvation, but only salvation together. We've become convinced of the loving power of the God-man who would weep for his creation and give a gift of assurance to those who long for what is true, but are so weak that the truth could easily shatter us. He raises Lazarus in Bethany and enters Jerusalem as king, accepting praise. He would cause the stones cry, to cry out if he had to. But he gives us, the truly lowly ones, a moment to celebrate. He lets us even participate in his triumph. What an act of love that is. Do we know that if we want to become truly free, we'll have to die daily? Boasting not in our weakness, excuse me, boasting in nothing but our weakness. Boasting only in our weakness. For this is the only place where true strength is perfected. You've heard me say before, and I love this word attributed to St. Sophroni, that we cannot live as Christians, we can only die as Christians. How strange are the ways of God to us wayward ones. By becoming nothing, we become something. By way of weakness, strength is perfected. By means of death, we are granted life, the greatest glory, unutterable per perfection, is discovered in humility. St. Isaac the Syrian reminds us that humility is the raiment of the Godhead. Humility is the raiment of the Godhead. The Word who became man clothed himself in it. And therewith he spoke to us in our body. He met us in the flesh. Every man who has been clothed with it has truly been made like unto him who came down from his own exaltedness and hid the splendor of his majesty and concealed his glory with humility, lest creation should be utterly consumed by the contemplation of him. Let us then consider what a generosity of God this is. 
that we, the unworthy ones, are granted to tearfully cry to him today, waving palms and branches. Let's accept this consolation of the one who loves us as we prepare to heed his invitation to follow him from death, through death, to life. He doesn't invite us that we might simply observe. He invites us that we might die with him. And if we follow him, it will be painful. It will be sorrowful. It will be conflict. We will be conflicted within ourselves, but it will be beautiful and also demanding. And it will lead us to eternal life. This is what happens, beloved, when we journey with him. We're being taught something so essential. When we come to the services of Great and Holy Week, we are participating actually in Christ's passion. We're joining him as he takes every step of the way, passing through that death, and it is uncomfortable at times. And it is difficult, but we need to be met with difficulty and discomfort in order to come to the humble realization of the state of the world that is in need of a Savior and that needs His healing. By humbly following Him, by joyfully following Him, let us make ourselves worthy of the raiment of humility. Let us raise our palms as an affirmation of Jesus' total lordship over our lives. The palms are a sign of victory. Let us raise them high. We'll do a procession a little later. Raise them up. You know, when we go around, we'll go around the church together. We'll sing together. We'll cry out to one another. We raise them high so that we may go low with Him. Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna. Hosanna. Glory to him, the King of Israel. Amen.